Because every city is alive. A city is more than just a geographical location. It's a living entity with a beating heart, a personality, and a unique vibe that leaves its mark on the lives of its residents. A City Witnessed is a podcast series that delves into the captivating stories that cities have to tell. So join me as we explore the soul of different cities through the inspiring stories that's been witnessed in these cities. Let me take you now to together to fly to Dubai, a vibrant city where the impossible is possible, where we see that all the dynamics and the spirit and the soul of it did actually impact a lot of stories that today inspire us. Today, we have with us a very strong, passionate, and inspirational woman. Not only she is the first Saudi woman who actually climbed Mount Everest, but she is also someone who tells us a story about how purposeful your life can be if you attach it to values, if you bring a lot of adventure, and also bring a lot of commitment to what you would like to achieve. She even mentioned how difficult it was to live up there in that mountain for very, very long nights and days, walking sometimes even 12 hours. I got so inspired by Rahal Muharrag for the great learnings and lessons that she shared with us. So how about you join us today and let's tune in. Today we are here to listen to the story. So Raha, welcome and how are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm here today. It's me and Petra. I'm babysitting my friend's dog. So excuse me, I'm, I'm, I'm multitasking. Um, thank you so much for giving me a chance to share my story. Uh, I love what you said because whenever people get to know who I am, they check the, the, the title, the accolades online and they think that's it. But the reality is most women are not just that. Most women are so multifaceted. Most women uh, wear different hats. Um, in my case, I'm an athlete, a presenter, travel specialist, uh, um, designer, so many different things. So, so it's, it's really cool to be able to share who I really am with you and to share the reality of being a multifaceted woman who is a freelancer in Dubai. That's so interesting. And that's actually a good point to share because we will visit your, I would say, you climbing Mount Everest. That's big. And that's a topic <laughs> we'll tap into in a minute. That's an achievement. However, how about we get to know you a little bit more? Like, can you tell us more about yourself, your childhood? What do you think influenced who you are today with what you just described? Okay, so whenever people ask me, when did you start becoming like this? I always tell them from the moment I opened my eyes because I was always like this. If you ask my family, they'll tell you that Raha has always been a curious person. 
um, whenever I tried something new, I wanted to try it uh, to the fullest. I started swimming. I wanted to to to, to swim better, to be uh, to race in swimming, or I wanted to horseback riding. I wanted to go to shore jumping, scuba diving. I became a dive master. So it's just my character to always want to do new things and always want to um, improve in who I am and what I am. It's just my character that I want to always be good at something. Um, but the the mountaineering bit was very unique because I didn't set out to be a mountaineer. I didn't. The idea was for me to do something that was mine, um, to do something that was very independently my my own path. And I was supposed to do one mountain and retire, and then, not retire, just one mountain or khalas, like one one random thing. But it 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 opened up a, a door in my mind. It opened up this 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 view to who I could really be when I started mountaineering and it was so strange for me to to go from not really knowing what I wanted to do knowing I had something I was destined to do but not knowing what it was to figuring out what it is and then it completely changed my life I grew up wanting to be one of these adventurous people who I used to watch on TV and see all of their adventure you know shows and travel shows and so I grew up dreaming of of this kind of career and I thought I would never be able to live it subhanallah how I went after my passion which is you know adventure and travel and sports and it led me into this career in media it's it's amazing how when you really go after your gut and go after your what is what is your passion it's amazing where you end up and I know it's not easy to say that because sometimes you have responsibilities and obligations and things you have to do but sometimes it's worth taking the risk and like completely switching because I left my 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 design the 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 corporate world in design and I completely shifted and then I came back into into the media world exactly where I wanted to be my it, it's so strange for me to look back and see it it's full circle um how I, I ended up exactly where I wanted to be because I was this little girl who never let go of her curiosity that's beautiful. I think you mentioned many beautiful, strong traits, traits, right? You talked about being ambitious, very curious. I think you love adventure, obviously. Yeah. A lot. And that's going to probably be a very good key for the next question around what was the purpose of that, Raha? So climbing was a self-expression that manifested as a sport because I was not a mountaineer, but I wanted to do something that was completely mine. I wanted to do something that was completely independent from what was al-mu'tad or the norm. So it manifested into mountaineering. And it's it just so happens to be also a metaphor into many people's lives, right? Like mountains are metaphors. But in my case, it was just, it had the right amount of everything. It was sporty, adventurous, outdoors, and travel, mm. and new. Yeah. It had all of the building blocks of what I've always wanted to find in, in in my life yeah. and it just so happens to be mountains because everyone thinks why mountains and the truth is it it just married all of the things I wanted everybody can be happy and comfortable when they're at home sleeping well eating well in your own bed but who you really are truly comes out in the tough moments and when you're climbing you're sometimes stressed or sometimes not able to to eat well and sleep well that's the true nature of who you are comes out and then who are you who are you really comes out in these moments so mountaineering was just a fluke it was a coincidence that it happened to be mountaineering because it could have been anything else 
I didn't pick mountaineering specifically because it's I wanted mountaineering. It just was. It felt right. It felt. Um, it felt like it was my destiny. I know it's cliche to say, but it 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 had it made me feel so alive. It's amazing how something my soon something so close to death because it's very dangerous. Would make you feel that. so alive? <laughs> what what the, the contrast moments there? Like you're talking about a very. A, a very like this polarity of it's so exciting but scary right it's so i would say adventurous but like it's it's close to death i mean in in, in difficult moments like, what was that one thing probably that you would like to share uh that really stood out for you and really scared you and how did you handle it during the climb i know we're going to revisit a similar question later around your day, what you're doing right now but i'm so curious about the climb itself what happened that you would never forget in everything in life, there's calculated risk. Uh-huh. Even in mountaineering, there's calculated risk. So I tried as much as I can to negate the risk. So I trained well. I went with the best guides. I went to the best season. I, I, I wore the best gear. I did all of the training, the safety training. So first of all, you try to negate as much as you can the problems that can happen because of you. But the truth is anything can happen. So you have to be able to accept that anything can happen. But then again, anything anywhere can happen. Somehow you can be driving to somewhere and something bad happens. So you need to be able to accept, accept, truly accept that if, if it was meant to be, it will be. And when it's your time, your time, خلاص. But in the same time, don't take that for granted. And just do whatever you want. No. So once you manage that, then you have the things that are completely out of your hands, mm-hmm. like horrible weather, mm-hmm. like injury, like sickness. So then those are the scary, scary, scary parts. I think the scariest for me was um, yeah, on Denali, I think, the first time. Because I did Denali twice. So I think my scariest, scariest thing was um, just, it was day 19 or 20 uh, of an expedition. Uh-huh. No shower, uh-huh. no proper food, sleeping on the floor, 24-hour sun walking for 10 to 12 hours a day i had zero toenails i had lost all my toenails at the time they came back pretty alhamdulillah my mom my mom always says tell them it came back pretty they came back very pretty (laughs) um with tummy ulcers and eczema because i was stressed i was in bad shape and i was in my sleeping bag just miserable terrified that something's going to happen and I'm going to die this way. Um, That was scary because it's when you don't see it coming, it doesn't scare you as much as if you can see something coming like a storm or you getting sick or getting used. There is, there is, there is a blessing in not knowing when is your time to go. Right. But when you feel like you're in a situation that every single moment can be your last moment is very difficult. And how did so that was hard for him. What did you do? I'm so curious. So how did you overcome exactly that? Moment? What was your, your way of handling or approaching it? I'm not going to say handling. How did you approach it? I made peace with myself. I made peace with my life, my choices. And uh, you have to make peace in any way, in, in any situation in life. You have to make peace with yourself. And this is something, this is a completely different topic. Okay. This. I feel like people. I feel like people. Hugging my soon. I feel like people don't are not at peace with who they are. Yeah. So they're so afraid about about what's gonna happen tomorrow. But I've learned from so many different situations and some horrible situations in my life, really tough uh, flights and really tough um, uh, uh, turbulence and stuff like that. You have to make peace with who you are. 
if you close your eyes and you, ne you never open them, you have to be able to be comfortable leaving this world the way you are. Live honorable, be good, be kind, be, be considerate, live clean so that if one day something happened to you, you don't feel heavy. Yeah. Because trust me, my soon, when you're in that moment and you feel like this might be your last, if you're not at peace with yourself, it's so scary. Because you think, oh my God, I see it. That's great. Um, so yeah, I made peace. Very nice notion. Very nice notion that you're bringing around being at peace with yourself. And I think this is something that we do not think about when it is a critical moment and a scary moment. And that's a lens that we can bring into this conversation, which is, I want to thank you for really maybe calling this out because it might let us all start sometimes reflecting a bit more around this particular piece. And linking this to your purpose, uh, that was very clear that you have been so attached to believing in something and making it happen. So how are you right now keeping that purpose linked to what you are doing right now? Uh, because I think you're also very adventurous and you're trying to shift that into your career. And you said it earlier, like how it's connecting the dots earlier right now, going back to the past, but you're still bringing everything together. So how are you keeping your purpose connected to what you're doing right now? Very good question. Because some people misunderstand what a purpose is and what a journey is. Yeah. So they misunderstand. They think, if I wanted to climb the seven summits and then I finished the seven summits and my purpose was to finish the seven summits, then I'm done, right? Then خلاص, I have no more purpose. Yeah. But if you make your purpose bigger than the actual narrow thing, which is the seven summits, I'm just using it as an example. My purpose is to be an adventurer and travel the world. That will never end. True. The seven summits was just part of the journey, right? So if you hang, if you make your purpose very small and very narrow and very niche, then when it's done, then what do you have? But the truth is, a purpose can be very big and very, very small. So try to have a purpose that's, that's deeper than just something that you can hang on a wall one day or whatever. So have something that was, is deeper than just, oh, well, I got the trophy and hang it. Like, try to make the purpose more than that. So in my case, my purpose is to, 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 to live a full life to be able to make my passion into a career, which I have, my travel adventure, uh, 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 love of adventure and love of people, love of culture, a career, which I have. Um, and to be honest and honorable and be kind to others. So every time I travel, I try to do something different and help people when, in my travels. If I see a problem, I try to highlight it. If I, I see an issue, I try to shed light on it. So pick a purpose that is deeper, pick wisely, pick deeper as a purpose. I think you're bringing again the purpose, your values in different ways. You kind of described a few things that you basically did tap into during your journey, good times, difficult times. And as you also mentioned, it's a journey. And as you are living this journey, it's never that easy. People go through a lot of challenges. When we talk about right now, the purpose and the journey and connected to your career as what you just mentioned, what were the difficult moments that you've been like you have to go through. Shifi, when people really forget how curated our lives are online mm -hmm. and they only see the, the, the pretty and the good. Just exactly like in your house, you will only hang and display beautiful moments in life. You will curate your life on the public eye the same way. You won't show the dark sides. Okay. So people only see the glitz and glam and the wow and they don't see the woes. 
So I always tell people to, to, to not believe what you see online because it's not real. It's not, it's real, but it's not the reality. It's not what, it, what you only see. So some of the most difficult moments is, is months away from my family, months missing out so many important moments, uh, friends, weddings, people who are sick that I couldn't see before they go, um, criticize and ridicule from, from, from a culture that wasn't ready for me. Alhamdulillah, now I'm completely embraced by, by society and mentality and culture, alhamdulillah. But when I first started 10 years ago, it wasn't the case. Totally. So being, being, being hated, being criticized, being um, put under a lot of pressure because I'm in the public eye, yet I'm a private person. So I'm not really the per- I'm not really the, the people who truly know me are, are always like, oh my God, if people see you online, they have no idea how private you are. I'm very private. I'm not really a public person where I walk around and share my private life. So that has become up for grabs because I'm a public person. So halas, everybody thinks they can interfere and say what they want. Uh, and not to mention the difficult moments of, of, of just being the first at something that was that was unique and different is hard because people criticize you. They don't like something. They don't like what they don't know. The unknown is very difficult in any culture, and then specifically in the Arab culture, and then even more specifically in a woman in the Arab culture. So there were lots of moments where I felt like being attacked. I was being attacked, and I was being ridiculed, and I felt very very unloved and un 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 unwanted and uncelebrated. This is difficult. It's very hard. Um, especially for a person who doesn't, who never really wanted that attention. <laughs> and you talked about there are difficult times in life. Again, talking about social media platforms, I always um, I look at it like the uh, like medicine. So medicine could be used or abused. Social media could be used and abused. Everything. Everything has that again polarity where you can have it good or bad. And I think in your case, you've been really trying to showcase that a woman can, in a very yes. way. Yes, you talked about this is being shared publicly with the most value-add perspective that you can have. You talked about people maybe kind of attacking you or sharing negative input because they don't know what they don't know. They're scared of what they don't know. You understand. You don't understand. But I'm quite sure when you said I didn't feel love, some one or people did show you love. Who was that person who showed you love, supported you, or had a very strong impact uh, in what you lived and where you are today. Is there any person that you would like to talk about or share with us? Because this is important. People share impact each other. I'm very lucky to say it's it's not one person, it's a few. Um, besides my credible mom, who has been a great support for me. My poor father, who I gave him extra white hairs because I drove him crazy. <laughs> My parents have been an incredible support for who I am, even when they didn't accept my path, yeah. especially my father. He was like, you want to do what? You want to go climb where? Go get married. What are you doing? So in the beginning, he was completely against it. And now he's my biggest, biggest cheerleader. Aww. So I love that I get to do, I love that I get to do the things that I love and I don't have to lose my family for it because a lot of people can't afford that a lot of people do lose their families because they want to do something different and something unique but i promised myself to fight to have both it was not an option for me in yawala i lose my family but i I want to do something that was mine and that was unique and that was independent i'm like i didn't want to lose them in order to be who i truly am 
So I fought for it and it was not easy. And it, and a lot of people misunderstand. They're like, you into your family's understanding. I'm like, no, they don't. my family wasn't understanding. So my mom and my dad, for sure. And then my really close friends that have been my friends for decades now. So Maha is a very good friend of mine that I grew up in college here. Mm-hmm. And Maria, who is my friend uh, uh, after college uh, as well. Um, and, and a bunch of other people that were, were always there no matter what, even if they didn't accept I, I, I might stand on the summit on my own. I might lift the flag on my own, but I'm not there on my own. Like I, I don't get there on my own. No one, no one gets to where they are in a, in a vacuum. And anyone that says, says that is being very selfish and very, very you know, narrow-minded because we can't do it on our own. We're not, fun- we're not built to function completely in a void, in a, in a vacuum of anyone else. So I'm very, very lucky my soon. And, and, and you don't need the big, a big amount of people to support you you need just even sometimes one person to understand who you are so find those people find those allies find those those um those those people who will have your back who will the first ones that that, that comment on yourself the first one that that celebrate you and clap for you um you need that because when you're exhausted tired you may soon and you know i get to my mom's house and i'm dead i haven't showered in 22 days and I need the support system to help to you know to help me eat well and sleep well and you know where I owe a lot to them and that's why I'm going back to celebrate my 10 year anniversary this year inshallah next oh, week inshallah wow that's a great celebration I'd like to hear and learn and know more about that and speaking of allyship and support I think that's a time where I would like to shout out loud with a big recognition because you're one of the first people who also um who is an ally for this group the work we're trying to do and having you is very very important for us as a team and very very precious to me individually because you know how much I find you as a dear person we got the chance to connect in one of the women in leadership economic forums in Dubai as you can see Dubai has played an important and fundamental role in your story and your journey speaking of Absolutely. That Dubai injected and fused in your uh, in in your very beautiful story. So can you tell us more about that, about Dubai and what it is for you? I love it here. I love the diversity, tolerance, respect, and just the wide range of people that you meet on a daily basis and how th- there's, there's absolutely no room for bad behavior and all the room for people to understand and to tolerate people and to respect people's um, backgrounds and upbringings. I love that it's a, it's a sporty city. I, li- I love that it's clean and it's safe. I love that it's very uh, uh, user-friendly. Uh, I, and I've been here for, for like two decades and it just, it's, it opens its arms to everybody um, in a way that I've never seen anywhere else before. And it, it just embraces people in a way um, and you fall in love with the city. And I can't imagine myself living anywhere else. What would be your advice mm-hmm. uh, to the groups around what they can do? Or maybe what would you tell yourself when you were 16? Uh, which is the same context, a younger generation, about what they still do not know. About- what, what I would tell myself to my 16-year-old yes. self, uh, wear sunblock. <laughs> uh, That's a good one. <laughs> save, save, save more than you can yeah. save because 2020 is going to be... Uh, and (laughs) and, uh, don't be afraid to fail and make mistakes don't be too afraid to to fail at something don't be too critical to failing because there's no shame in failing 
it, it's a it's a rite of passage way of life. The only shame is in giving up and not trying something new. So I would tell her to don't be afraid to fail at something. Don't be afraid, you know, because I hate being bad at something. I hate I hate failing. No, nobody wants to fail. But you'll never know where it will lead you. Sometimes the worst failures are the best teachers that can happen in your life. So I would tell her to celebrate what makes her beautiful and not try to, to be a copy of someone else. Be the best authentic version of you, who you are, and not a cheap copy of someone else. And Raha, as you spoke about, as you spoke about the cities and your love to travel, I'm so curious, what is the one place that you still want to go and you didn't go? That's off the related topic of space and connection, but I'm so curious to know, one place that you still want to go and you didn't? Japan. Japan. I'm dying to go to to Japan. Um, It has the only mountain I I, I haven't climbed yet. Oh, okay, so I'm looking for Which is Fuji. Being around you is exciting, adventurous, fun, and it's really more around and about having an experience. And I think all these things with a bit of, not a bit, with a lot of purpose, and that I would say clear value and values that you would like to instill. I think that's such a beautiful way for me to summarize this amazing story. Uh, Raha, I would probably say Dubai witnessed a very strong, fearless, a woman who climbed Mount Everest and was first in many things, to be honest. I'm not going to just call out one. And I want to thank you again for first giving us a precious time of your weekend. Uh, and I really appreciate that you've been here with us today. You know, a story is only as powerful as the minds and hearts that it touches. So thank you so much for doing that. I love what you're doing. I think it's very cool. And I wish you all the best in the upcoming episodes, inshallah. But I'm proud to be the first one. The first again, Raha. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, we would say stay tuned uh, with more to come. Today was the first and I would say it was an amazing one. I really enjoyed it and I hope everyone would enjoy it as well. And looking forward to connecting with you again, Raha. God knows when. And if you have updates from Japan, I will be looking out to see what's going on there.